0: Are you a Saskatchewan-based Métis entrepreneur looking to start or grow your business? Welcome to Make It Your Business with Victoria Gagne from the Clarence Campo Development Fund, a recognized and successful business resource dedicated to guiding and supporting Métis entrepreneurs on their path to success. With a focus on the Métis community, we share our story and our clients' stories about starting their businesses and how we support them from start to finish. We also deliver innovative financial and professional advice to help you start and run a successful business. Join Victoria and her guests and gain an understanding of the services, programs, and support available for you. This podcast is powered by Proudmouth. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome
1: to Make It Your Business with Victoria Gagne of CCDF. Now, today, Victoria has two guests on the show. She has Shannon and Shauna. Shannon is an experienced and proud Métis woman entrepreneur and courageous leader who is breaking barriers to advance inclusive and sustainable economy. Shana is a skilled chartered professional accountant, family enterprise advisor, and on-the-go CFO who takes the frustration and anxiety out of the accounting unknowns. Together, they co-founded the Finance Cafe because of a common passion to advance women's entrepreneurship and the belief that it was time to build a financial literacy platform that addresses critical gender gaps and meets the unique needs of women entrepreneurs. Victoria, how are you?
2: I'm good, Eric, how are you?
1: I'm fantastic, I'm so excited. This is, I mean, you've got two guests on the show, today. that's double your normal.
2: Yeah, we're, we're moving <laughs> up in the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, obviously, besides the fact that you allowed me to read the bio and it's fantastic and, and they've done amazing things, why else did you bring them on the show?
2: Yeah, so I, I was first introduced to the Finance Cafe through Shannon. Um, I attended a webinar that the Women's Entrepreneur Knowledge Hub had put on, and I was so impressed at the way she approached financial literacy, not only through a gendered lens, but also through an an intersectional lens and brought in the unique perspectives Indigenous women face when it comes to financial literacy, your money stories, your relationship with money. And I thought that was just such an important um, perspective to have for our Métis clients. And so we've actually ran a Finance Cafe workshop and I got outstanding feedback from that workshop from our clients. So I thought it'd be great to have them on the podcast to share some of their knowledge, some of their wisdom, and what really makes up the Finance Cafe.
1: Well, thank you so much for bringing them on the show. I'm excited to meet them.
2: Yes, I'm so excited for this conversation, like I said, and And I think to get to get to know you, Shannon and Shauna more, we're going to launch this podcast during financial literacy month. And so that's what I want this conversation to kind of revolve around is that idea of financial literacy money mindset. And I'm curious to start with what are your money stories? How has your relationship with money or financial literacy developed over the years? So maybe uh, Shannon, we can start with you and then Shauna can jump in after that and share her story as well.
3: Well, thank you so much, Eric and Victoria, for having us on. I mean, this is a subject that's really close to our heart personally and professionally. So, you know, you can't look at financial literacy without bringing in the personal side and the business side. So, you know, let me just say growing up, I I remember very clearly in uh, junior high being told I was really bad with numbers and actually to look at a career that was had nothing to do with math. And it's funny how those messages shape how your career path goes. And, you know, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family, but I always stayed far away from anything that had to do with the money. I was very interested in, in marketing. I was interested in research. I was interested in everything pretty much but the money. And so I did actually graduate with a Bachelor of Commerce. And in when I was doing my program, you know, I really focused again on marketing, got out into my career And had a fantastic career in marketing, but it was interesting because I remember being at the senior leadership table and not being able to explain why I was putting forward the marketing strategy uh, and how that translated into the budget. And I remember thinking like, no matter what strategy I want to implement. How can I show that it impacts the bottom line? Mm -hmm. And that was a real aha moment for me. And, you know, oddly enough, I actually became a banker, a business banker. So I totally flipped gears. I flipped that narrative in my head because I thought I have to learn this. Even if I wanted to stay in marketing, I needed to understand how money worked in a business. And so that's kind of the professional story of how I got into the banking side and wanting to get closer to the numbers. But personally, you know, I was always really bad with my own personal money. I was somebody that spent it as quickly as I earned it. I didn't have any financial goals. And so it's interesting how coming together now to form the Finance Cafe, I realize now that, you know, financial literacy is not just about the numbers. It's really about our experiences, our habits, our attitudes, how we were spoken to about money, all of these things that come together together to shape the relationship that we have with money. So, you know, I think for me, money story started very young and it has just been something that continues to evolve as I evolve as a person, both personally and professionally.
2: Right. And I, I so appreciate that because it's something I hear from my clients a lot as well is that, you know, sometimes you get into business, you start your entrepreneurial journey, not because you're passionate about a balance sheet um, because, but you're passionate about the work you do, but but the importance of understanding how that balance sheet might inform that, or, or what does your relationship with money look like? And how does that inform the decisions you're going to make? And I know we're going to get into, to some of that, but thank you for sharing your experience, Shannon, because I think it's so important and relatable to know that other people have that same, okay, and that aha moment, that it is important to get into those numbers as well and figure that out. Sean, I'm curious about your money story.
4: Well, thank you, Victoria, for having us on the show. And first of all, I have to say, I'm disappointed to hear you say that women don't get into business because they're excited about looking at their balance Some, Some
2: some do, don't.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Some do. (laughs) Hopefully hopefully we can change that. But yeah, for me growing up, we didn't talk about money a lot growing up. But looking back, I realized how fortunate I was for the women in my life that were guiding me with lessons so from watching my mom balance the checkbook in the Safeway checkout line to you know that was really my first lesson in tracking spending to when my grandma would take us on the odd occasion to the country store and give us a quarter to spend at the store and really giving us that lesson on budgeting because we could buy what we wanted with the money that we had and then my mom taking me to the local credit union to a open my first bank account and then to the Sears store, who unfortunately is no longer here, but to establish that first credit card to build that credit rating. Yeah. And really, I didn't realize much later in life that these were lessons that were very impactful for me. And lastly, it was my grade 11 accounting teacher, <laughs> Mrs. Schilling, who I've reached out to you on a number of occasions to thank her because she really sent me down a path that straightened me out. <laughs> I, was, um, I was not finding my way in school and she really helped and encouraged me that I had some potential and that I could do something. And so I'm I'm very grateful for that. And I think it's important for everyone out there to know, whether you're a mom, an aunt, a godmother, a mentor, kids are watching and learning. Mm -hmm. It may not feel big at the time, but there's a really great quote out there that says, teachers plant the seed of knowledge that lasts a lifetime. And I'm so grateful for the women in my life. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing
2: that I think it's it's so interesting hearing your story and then reflecting back on those first experiences with money. Like as as you said, going to get your first credit card and, and the lessons that taught you. I remember, I don't know what grade I was in high school, but my mom marched me to the to the cell phone stand and she says, you're going to get a cell phone and you're going to pay for it because you're going to learn how to pay your bills before you leave for university and, and how that informs your relationship with money. And I will give a discursor. I do have an accounting degree so I like the balance sheet too, Shauna. Love to hear that. But so so now knowing that about yourselves and what your money stories are, I'm curious how did you guys meet and come up with this idea of talking about financial literacy from this gendered lens? Because it's one thing to kind of be reflective about the experiences that have informed your own relationship with money, whether that's personally or in business or what be it, but how did you two meet, how did you decide to start talking about this and this this relationship with money, this gendered perspective? how did you start the finance cafe, I guess?
4: Well, I would like to share the story about how Shannon and I met because I'm an introvert, introvert by nature. So I was um, following Shannon on social media for a number of years and really in awe and inspired by everything that she was doing. And I haven't told Shannon this, but Craig, I was almost, I wasn't, I I would say I was scared of her. I was afraid of her because I felt (laughs) that she was, she was out of my league. (laughs) She was, I mean, she had this social media handle, a biz bank, a a girl's biz banker. She was posting all this great stuff. And it was a good mentor of mine who said to me, Shauna, why are you afraid of this woman? Like you guys have so much in common. So Mm -hmm. I, I called called her, so to speak, I messaged her on Twitter and invited her to a luncheon. And I'm so grateful that she accepted. And I, we spent some time on a board together doing some uh, work with the Women's Entrepreneurship Day organization in Calgary. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: And, and then we, you know, we sort of we stayed in touch as we both left that board. And then Throughout COVID, um, we really, we got together and started thinking about this opportunity. And Shannon will tell you more about how the Finance Cafe came to be. But during this time that we were talking about creating the Finance Cafe, we went to Canmore for a weekend. So she wined and dined me in Canmore for a weekend. (laughs) And I remember sitting in this hotel room and we were talking about, oh, we'll just you know, throw up a camera on her couch, you know, on her coffee table, and record some videos on a couch, and share some information and knowledge that that we both knew, and and it was yeah. going to be so easy, and <laughs> here we are, uh, you know, almost two years later, we've had you know a couple hundred women go through the program, we've had some great cohorts, and and I'm I'm so grateful that, a for an introvert, the power of social media, and that I was able yeah. to connect with her, and she said yes, so I'll, I'll let Shannon take over the, the the story behind the Finance Cafe.
3: Well, I'm almost scared to ask this next uh, question, Shauna, but are you still scared of me?
4: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, only sometimes, (laughs) Shauna.
3: You know, I mean, I so appreciate that. And this is the first time that you've shared that with me, which is just, it just blows my mind. But, you know, and I was working at, Uh, a financial institution at the time, I was the first to lead this women's banking strategy at the institution I was in. And, you know, I admit that was a pretty fierce time in my life because I was really lobbying for a change in the financial system with how it supported women entrepreneurs. And so, again, being this business banker, I kept like looking around and being like, where are all the women? And when I was at this institution, I would host events. And I couldn't believe how many women wanted to come out to these Sort of informal learning events, it was come as you are, no judgment spaces, it was culturally appropriate. It was just creating a place for women to be able to come to explore business issues or questions about finance or questions about banking. And it was one of these, if if you build it, they will come. And that was part of my lived experience in this, because like me, like the girl that was, you know, grade seven being told she was bad with numbers, I wasn't alone. In fact, most women entrepreneurs I'd work with as their banker would say to me, I don't feel good in the numbers. I don't really understand my financial statements. I don't know the story that they're telling me. And I feel really scared about going to the bank. So when I met Shauna, I mean, I'm the banker side of the equation and Shauna is the CPA. She is the person that, well, first of all, she's my my accountant and my business advisor from a financial perspective, Mm -hmm. but not only did she have the financial acumen, she had the heart for working with women as well. She was very integral with the famous Five Foundation. She had done a lot of work around financial literacy for young girls. And what Shauna brought that I didn't have, I had the finance side, but I couldn't really teach the same as Shauna could having that accounting, uh, right. that accounting background. So it was sort of this, you know, this moment where I was like, oh my gosh, if we both came together, we could really make a meaningful impact for women entrepreneurs, not just in Alberta, not just in Canada, but really around the world. Because the problems that we see are, are ubiquitous, they're everywhere.
2: Yeah. And I, that's what I love about the finance cafe and, and having had clients go through a cohort already is that marriage of the accounting and the financing side and really understanding what, what your financial statements are telling you, but then also how a banker is going to interpret that. I think it's so important for any entrepreneur to kind of understand those two worlds, at least enough to be dangerous or enough to ask the right questions. And that's what I love about the program. You guys Offer. And Sean, I love the bravery of being able to reach out and, you know, especially in this age of social media where people probably have people within their community that they're following or whatever, but just that ability to reach out and make those connections of people you want to connect with. I think that's such a fabulous story and, and lesson for any entrepreneur as well.
4: And Victoria, just to add on to that, I do, I think it's the power of social media as well, especially if you're an introvert. because it gives you that ability to ease into a relationship
2: yeah (laughs) it's
4: it's it's very empowering and I mean like I said it's just have the courage to reach out and ask somebody and the worst they can say is no and potentially refer you to somebody else
2: right and I love that Shannon shows us also how to engage you know no matter what uh what industry you're in is showing your personality, having people relate to you. And then that creates genuine connection that then fosters into real relationships too. I think that's just such a fabulous story and the importance of talking about financial literacy. But, you know, we look at financial literacy and it's important for all entrepreneurs, but I'm curious why a gendered lens to finance is then also important for advancing women's entrepreneurship, like what have you seen that, that causes it to be important to take that gendered perspective on finances for women entrepreneurs and the barriers they, the unique barriers they face. So maybe Sean, I'll start with you on that side.
4: Yeah. Thanks Victoria. And it's a really important conversation. So in my role as contract CFO, I work with both male and women entrepreneurs and the conversations that I have with them start very differently. For the most part, my male entrepreneurs will cut straight to the money part. Like here's X, here's Y, here's Z, here's how what we're doing. Whereas women will often start with their Y, sharing their passion, and the trust has to be built before they can talk freely and comfortably about the money. Hmm. So the way that we approach the conversation really has to be different. And a great example of this, and again, it's 60, over 60% of women would rather talk about their own death than money. Wow. So how do we change that? How do we change that narrative? So I was having lunch with a fellow accountant yesterday and we were talking about a client that she was really focused on getting a team of whatever that number was. I want a team of 12. I want a team of 10. And through various conversations, it was, it, it came about that it wasn't so much about the team. It was the revenue that the team would ge- generate for her. So in this case, we have an entrepreneur, she was able to talk about, I want this number of team members, but it wasn't so much as I'm going to start from, I want to generate this much money. Here's how many team members I need. So, and I think, you know, in my, in my experience, talking with a male entrepreneur, it would be very easy for them to say, I would like to make X, X revenue. What do I need to do to get there? Whereas women will come about it very differently because it's easier to talk about something other than the money.
3: Hmm
2: that's so interesting and and it's so important like just working with women entrepreneurs having that trust level but also breaking those barriers so that women are comfortable having those conversations then not only with their accountant who who knows their business quite well but then with a banker um, when they're approaching financing and different things and how 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 that reluctance i guess to talk about money creates a barrier to accessing certain institutions that could help your
4: business grow. Um, and Victoria, sorry to cut you off. It's yeah. not only with the bankers, but it's with your customers. How yeah. can you know, it's that comfort of pricing, collecting yes. from our customers and then with suppliers, whether it's bankers, suppliers, landlords, being able to have those comfortable uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. But so important conversations to have as entrepreneurs we need to be comfortable getting getting the conversation out there. But it's understanding first that there needs to be a level of trust and trust yeah. has to be built and, and only, you know, it's asking questions and eventually we'll get there.
2: That's fantastic. And and I'm so glad you said that, that it's not just because we, we think about financial literacy we think about talking about the numbers with your banker with your accountant but it's also those suppliers those customers pricing yourself well i've had so many conversations with clients about getting comfortable pricing themselves in a way that's appropriate and not underselling themselves as well and and so i'm so glad you said that and i think for anyone also who's listening who's who's maybe not a woman entrepreneur or not an entrepreneur, understanding that barrier as well that women entrepreneurs face, and establishing that trust first, and changing the way, um, you know, me as a as a um, financier, understanding that is so important to reducing those barriers, so that women can be comfortable talking to you about their business and their numbers, and then, you know, we talk about this gendered lens. But then I think what's really unique about you guys as well is this intersectional approach. So it's not just this gendered lens of, okay, women versus how do women approach finances uniquely, but then adding that intersection of indigeneity and how do indigenous women approach this. And so Shannon, maybe you can speak a bit to that and why that intersectional approach is particularly important when you're talking about indigenous women entrepreneurs.
3: Well, it's such an important question, and I'm so glad that you asked that. And I guess I, the first thing I can say truly is that when we think about advancing women's entrepreneurship in Canada, women are not a homogenous group. Yeah. But we do see some similarities in terms of the business structure. So women-led businesses tend to be smaller. They tend to be undercapitalized. They tend to be in industries that are perceived as being higher higher risk, they're younger in their years. So there's less management experience, but plus women also have the same, or sorry, women have more of the household responsibilities, whether that's childcare, whether that's elder care. And we certainly saw this during the pandemic, but when we layer on an intersectional lens to all of this, and I also want to be very um, clear that this, we're not placing the financial literacy problem on women themselves or on indigenous women finance itself is a system. And if we go back to how the financial system was created in Canada, it was never created with women in mind. It was never created with indigenous women in mind, indigenous peoples. It was, it was just the system as it was in 1800 is not reflective of an equitable, inclusive system. So I just, I want to preface that by when we talk about, you know, some of the barriers that women are facing, very mindful to say that we play in a system that was never designed for us. And so it's already um, unequal to start. But when we think about indigenous women entrepreneurs and let's, I mean, for the record, indigenous women entrepreneurs are growing at faster, like two times faster than Canadian women generally. So the appetite and the desire to see entrepreneurship as a pathway to economic self-sufficiency is absolutely there. But we also know for Indigenous women, there are other additional challenges that they must overcome. Now, access to financial capital, first of all, in the financial system, access to financial capital is the biggest hurdle for any woman entrepreneur, but that barrier gets even greater for Indigenous women because there are some exclusionary eligibility requirements. So we think about things like being able to be full-time in the business. A lot of Indigenous women have to do their businesses part-time because of family or econ- family economics or family dynamics. Mm-hmm. We can also look at some of the more structural pieces like uh, collateral and how the Indian Act prevented uh, wealth wealth transfer through uh, collateral or home ownership. Mm-hmm. We also know that for a lot of Indigenous women, there's a lack of a proven credit history. So how accessible were banks? How easy was it to earn and save and spend money in this system? So we see often a lower equity investment that w- Indigenous women are able to put into their companies. So taking that intersectional lens, those are the structural pieces. But then you layer on some of the attitudinal pieces where we start getting into some of the stereotypes that Indigenous women face, the racism and discrimination. So Indigenous women have to overcome two big things. First, gender. Second, racism and discrimination over being Indigenous women. And so that is why it's so important to understand the lived experiences that these Indigenous women are bringing to the table when they're creating their business. And so looking at the Finance Cafe, we embrace this concept of financial literacy being part or Having having um, lived experience is being a fundamental part of shaping our financial literacy and how much confidence and how much capable capabilities we have when it comes to managing the finances of the company.
2: And I'm so glad you named that that this is systemic as well, and it's a system. And I just want to take a second to say thank you to advocates like you as well, who are not only working on that personal financial literacy piece and empowering individual. Um, Indigenous women, women entrepreneurs through the work you're doing, but then also advocating for changes within the system. And I I really hope that bankers and and people who work within the system in whatever capacity that looks like, suppliers, that, that we take a hard look at what systems are we perpetuating and who is that excluding and how do we change those systems. I think that's something we at CCDF think about a lot, and, and I really challenge other financial institutions to do the same when they're thinking about these concepts like economic reconciliation, and that yeah. it it involves systemic change. So. Thank you so much for naming that and advocating for that. Well,
3: thank you. And and likewise uh, to you, because, you know, groups like NACA now have these funds available for AFIs like yourself to be able to participate in this advancement of Indigenous women entrepreneurs. And we're seeing some great research coming out of NACA. We're seeing great research coming out of CCAB and the Women Entrepreneurship Knowledge Hub as well that are helping us get some tangible action steps that we can make to help help change the system at you know a, a macro level and at, and at an individual level
2: yeah and I want to go back to a point you had made to about the part-time businesses and that and I think when we think about this systemic change too, the success of whatever programs are being put forward that NAC is putting forward, we're running an Indigenous Women Entrepreneurship Program at CCDF because of funding from NAC, and I'm really impressed with the work they're doing. That success uh, it is determined based on how Indigenous women define success for their business, and not an imposed program that we're looking for high growth companies or or whatever that looks like and if an indigenous woman entrepreneur wants to be a high growth company we're gonna we're gonna support them in doing that but if it's if it's a part-time business that's supplementary income that they can spend on family vacations and that's all they want out of it like we need to be supporting all types of businesses all definitions of success and not letting a system impose success on on entrepreneurs, I think is so well, important as well. And if I,
3: you know, Victoria, if I can be so bold too, as to say, you know, we're talking about economic um, reconciliation. I, part of this reconciliation piece is also recognizing how Indigenous women are helping to preserve culture and rec- re- reclaiming mm-hmm. culture because we're seeing so much more of that knowledge transfer uh, in their businesses and so I think there's some really important you know pieces that we we don't talk about that we need yeah. to start putting an economic value uh, to as well and looking at the social sorry we need to be looking at more than just the economic value to include the social value of these businesses as well so yeah great work to uh, to CCDL. Thank you absolutely
2: I, I think this is such an important conversation too and I I really hope people are hearing what we're saying and and thinking about how they can apply it on the systemic side on in, in where people who maybe aren't entrepreneurs but are in the entrepreneurial ecosystem are thinking about the work that they do moving forward and i'm kind of curious i know i've seen the success you guys have um had through the finance cafe personally reading the incredible testimonials from the women who have gone through your program who are clients of ccdf but what kind of impact have you seen through the finance cafe? Um Shauna, can you share a little bit about that?
4: Yeah, you bet. So I think the biggest impact that we've seen, I I would like to say, is that people are happy, women entrepreneurs are happy to look at their balance sheet. (laughs) (laughs) Good. (laughs) No, on on the more serious side though, what we're really aiming to to change through the system, through our program is with our three pillars being capability, confidence, and connection. So what we've seen, especially through our cohorts, is the connections that are being built and the sharing of stories and the sharing of knowledge. And so it's really about changing the narrative around what women entrepreneurs think they should know versus you know that they realize, hey, I'm not alone in this. I didn't know this and that's okay. There's other women that didn't know this and let's collectively share our learnings and, and move forward. And where we've really brought in this piece with the impact is starting with the money mindset and our personal attitudes and beliefs around and behaviors around money. Because if we're not comfortable talking about money in our personal lives, it becomes very difficult as we talked about, to talk about in our business ventures. So from, again, from pricing and collecting from customers to negotiating with banks, suppliers, and landlords. We need to be comfortable having those conversations. And it's creating a community and the confidence and the capabilities. And we like to, I mean, it's financial literacy, but we also like to refer to it as financial wellness. It's really having this comfort and this sense that I didn't learn about this growing up. I, you know, yes, I should know about this in my business, but I don't, and that's okay, because there's a lot of other women out there that have the same um, understanding and same feelings that I do. So let's collectively work together. So the impact and and one of my, I think it's my favorite testimonial, but it's also really tell Shannon and I that there's still work to do with respect to the, the conversation was, that this particular woman who went through her program said she didn't want to sign up for the course. Um, but she's so glad she did. And the reason she wasn't going to sign up is because it because it had the word finance in it. It was a financial literacy course. So, how can we change the narrative around the word finance and financial literacy and financial wellness? Right. That that's so good.
2: And and I can speak personally reading the testimonies to just the incredible impact that this has had on clients who have either just started their entrepreneurial journey and some who have been in it for 15 plus years like every step of the way it's just so incredible to see that transformation happen um shannon do you have any stories you want to share about the impact you you've seen since starting the finance cafe
3: yeah, it's so kind of crazy because I think the impact we thought we were going to make, sometimes it changes as you get into it. And I, you know, and, and I do think that there's still more to be done around the impact that we'll make around normalizing the conversation of money and helping more women feel that they can access uh, financial learning. And so I'm hoping that that's, we'll continue to to see that, but There's nothing more rewarding, uh, Victoria, than when we go through this program and you feel like almost like this tension in night one when we're going through our cohorts. Like, it's like, oh, should I really be here? You know, and you kind of see the women working through, applying the knowledge that they're learning. And then by the end of it, it's like that there's this exhale that happens because you see that the women are feeling a lot more confident in the decisions that they make in their business. And we often will say that, every decision you make comes with a a different financial consequence in the business. And when you start looking at your business in that light, you start to ask yourself different questions and you make different decisions for the business. But I, I do want to say that one thing that I am super excited about as well is well, it's twofold with the ecosystem. One is that we're not being seen as competition to the ecosystem. There are so many amazing Groups and ecosystem partners that are delivering meaningful, relevant programming, but that we've been able to be seen as an add on. So we're, you know, we're part of the value chain now that organizations like yours see us as giving value to your customer base. And that is incredibly rewarding. And something new that's sort of been transpiring for us is that now the ecosystem is saying, can you help us train our advisors? (laughs) And so an audience that we didn't expect. In all of this, but again, taking that gender lens is now helping advisors and bankers be more mindful and more aware of some of the gender dynamics at play and also how their own lived experience around money impacts the decisions and the advice that they give as as advisors. So I'm really kind of excited to see where we go with this. Um, but I just think it, it talks about changing the system. So it's working at that individual level, but also at an organizational and more macro level at the, at, um, in the, in the wider space.
2: So is that the, the ultimate goal for the finance cafe or where Shannon, do you see this going? You've seen this impact kind of start to go, what, what's your ultimate goal for the finance cafe?
3: You know, it's, it's kind of just embracing the journey for right now, to be totally honest with you, Victoria, for, That's fantastic. for me. And it's kind of like building a business in real time. And I yeah. think one of the things that we've also learned, because, you know, we might be able to teach the financial side of this conversation in entrepreneurship, but we also get so much back from the entrepreneurs who are also building their businesses in real time and being okay with a very fluid business plan, particularly when we're doing work around social impact. Like this is not you know, creating a widget that can be sold in, you know, a million different stores and has one specific use, like we're tackling some big issues in the work that we do. And so I think for us, the ultimate goal is obviously to keep growing the number of women that go through our program, growing the number of advisors now that are going through our program. So extending it to business coaches, but it's again, just normalizing that conversation. So if, You know, one day we don't have to talk about financial literacy for women entrepreneurs. I mean, that would be amazing, but it's going to get to this equalizing place where the world has to catch up also to some of the work that we're doing.
2: Absolutely. And Shauna, do you have anything to add to that or what are your ultimate goals for the Finance Cafe?
4: I love this question, Victoria, because it brings me back to Shannon and I sitting in a hotel room in, in Canmore two years ago where... I mean our ultimate goal at that point in time was to build a financial literacy or wellness program for women entrepreneurs a separate stream for women in business and my passion a separate stream for for young girls and what we're learning from the women entrepreneurs that are going through this program it's evolving our program it's enhancing our program and it's making it so much better so that we can achieve those ultimate goals maybe not as quickly as we hope but like Shannon said it's 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 live it's live in the moment and it's evolving and and we're super excited about you know just the going back to the impact question when a woman entrepreneur comes back and says i realized that i didn't have the right advisors you know in my circle and i reached out to somebody and you know this connection has been really helpful and it's helping Mm -hmm. me make better business decisions i mean that that's an ultimate goal as well right yeah. of as many women entrepreneurs being able to access and go through this program so that they can work through their business and realize realize the business of their dreams
2: that's so fantastic and i love the that you both were talking about the fluidity of your business model and i think it kind of ties back to that success being defined by the people you serve
0: mm-hmm. um, and that's
2: so fantastic And I just wanna thank you so much for this conversation. I think there's a lot of things I hope people take away, but I have a rapid fire question for you to to kind of round this all out. So can you give one piece of advice that you would give an entrepreneur when it comes to the topic of financial literacy? Or to rephrase it, what do you wish you would have known about financial literacy at the start of your money story or at the start of developing your money mindset or starting your business? Shannon, I'll, I'll I'll start with you on this one. Kind of a, a loaded question, but
3: yeah. Well, my rapid fire answer, you know, would be that it's a journey, and you yeah. know, every time that we reach a new you know, stage of our lives, we have to ask ourselves more questions and different questions about the role that money plays in our lives. One, I've learned that we have to let go of judgment. Money is itself is neither good nor bad. It's what we choose to do with it that, you know, allows us to make a really important impact in this on this world and in this world. And so for me, it's it's a journey. And and some of us are going to be at a starting place where we're just kind of aware of The fact that we have control over some of the financial decisions that we make and some of us are further down that continuum, but ultimately it's just a part of our life journey and it's part of our lived experience. So just being open, I guess, to it being, to it being a journey and not being perfect. Fantastic.
2: Shauna, what's your rapid fire answer to that question?
4: The advice that I would give an entrepreneur about financial literacy is that you are not alone. Whatever you're feeling, others are feeling it too. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Say, I don't understand, or I don't know how to do that. And more importantly, if the circle that you're being vulnerable in isn't being supportive back to you, ask yourself if you're in the right circle. That's good. That's so
2: good. Well, I hope based on this conversation that people walk away, Shannon, like you said, asking themselves more questions. I hope this sparked a conversation for them and their business. And like you said, Sean, I hope people also walk away from this conversation realizing you're not alone. If you're an Indigenous woman entrepreneur and you want to learn more about financial literacy, um, if this has sparked something in you, if you're you're a non-indigenous woman entrepreneur who is curious about financial literacy i just want you to know that ccdf has programs and resources available to you you can go to clarencecampo.com we have a fantastic management skills program that re- directly addresses this gap and and I'll take a second to plug a couple things we have coming up with the Finance Cafe. We're gonna launch a couple of blogs during financial literacy week that that speak to some of these topics and give some advice there. And then in the er, um, late spring and early summer, we have another cohort that we're, we're launching in person and it's gonna be fabulous. So please keep tuned for that. If you're interested, send me an email at victoria at clarencecampo.com. And if you can't wait for those programs um, Shannon, Shauna, how can how can people get connected to the Finance Cafe?
4: Well, they can start by checking out our website at thefinancecafe.ca. You can follow us on all the social media channels. We're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and if you're if you're on our website, head on over to our class section, and you can find the details about our seven module financial literacy program. Um, and starting next month, we'll be launching each of the classes on an individual basis. So if you just want to try one of the classes out, you'll have the opportunity to do that.
2: That's fantastic. and And just so you know, CCDF can pay seventy five percent of the costs of those programs through our management skills program. So if you if you can't wait till our in-person cohort um, then then reach out and and we can get you connected there. So thank you so much, Shauna. Thank you so much, Shannon, for sharing your money stories with us, to sharing the work you do and, and for your advocacy and your work in, in this space. I, I just really appreciate it. So thank you so much for being here today.
3: Oh, Thank you so much, Victoria, for having us and also for believing in us too, in our infancy and, and letting us be part of the journey for your clients as well. It's been, it's been incredibly uh, rewarding for us too. Thank you.
1: Well, I just want to say thank you. Also, I just want to echo what Victoria said, um, because as a father who has a daughter, um, I learned very early that she did not understand her value uh, and what she was worth. And that was something that we had to talk about as far as when it was making a wage. Now, my son, when I taught him some things, he's like, I'm I want two hundred bucks. I'm like, no, no, son, you're not. <laughs> that's not the value you're bringing to, you know, cleaning cars. Um, but my daughter just could not come up with a number of what she was going to charge for babysitting and things. She's, I don't know, I don't know. That's all she'd answer. And then I realized very quickly she did not know her own value. So I thank you Ooh. for what you guys are doing because. That education is so powerful and so valuable. And Victoria, thank you for bringing these ladies on the show uh, to share with our audience and all the work that you're doing to empower women, empower indigenous women to know their value, know their worth and go out there and make a huge difference. So thank you for that. And of course, our last thank you always goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Make It Your Business podcast with Victoria Gagne. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Victoria comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this will actually help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at CCDF, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Make It Your Business the podcast that identifies market opportunities and provides Saskatchewan-based Métis entrepreneurs with innovative financing and business advice. Have questions about topics covered during the show? Visit www.clarencecampo.com, email us at info at or give us a call at 306-657-4870. Don't forget to click the follow button below To be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and or guests. And does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Clarence Campo Development Fund. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor, accountant, or other qualified business service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation.